Hi, I'm P, and this is my podcast. So I started recording this yesterday, not started, I recorded this episode yesterday on a live and by time it ended, my phone was on 4% so it didn't save. So I'm re-recording it, which is honestly for the best. Thank God for Mercury Retrograde because it was, it was real, just a mess just because I was delirious. Anyway, I will probably say a lot of the same things in a way that is a bit more coherent So welcome to episode 21 of the podcast. I'm going to start off with this question that I just got. And someone asked, how can they calm an anxious mind and like like a, a negative thought pattern? How can they block it or replace it? So anxious, having an anxious mind is honestly, I think way more normal than we think. I think that having an anxious mind is the default that we are set at. And I, and like, if you look at a kid, most children, not all children, but most children are quite high energy and they're running around and like, and I feel like that energy that we have as kids doesn't really mature out of us. I think that child energy goes somewhere else. And it usually translates into these anxious quote unquote anxious thoughts when I just think of I I prefer to refer to them as like high energy thoughts it's just a lot of energy moving around in the brain and so I recommend treating those thoughts the way that you treat children and when a when a kid's running around everywhere throwing things around instead of trying to run from the kid like oh my god this kid is causing so much chaos this this child is bad it's like well no the kid has high energy because they're a child and maybe they need to be paid attention to like maybe we can give this child something to do So instead of trying to fight the anxious thought or block it or even calm it, give your mind something to listen to your listen to your anxious thoughts. One, like what are they trying to tell you? What is what are they trying to communicate to you rather than trying to suppress them? Hear them out. And just because you hear them out doesn't mean that they're correct. It's still like treat it like a child and a child can say all sorts of things. A child's are, you know, child's children are are wise, but sometimes they say some stuff that really like, it's like, okay, Billy, you, you, okay, great. Thanks for telling me that story. I don't know what the hell you just said, but okay. And sometimes just listen to your thoughts and be like, okay, Billy. All right. Okay. I'm hearing you out. I'm hearing that you got some things going on. I'm listening to you. I don't need to like actually take on what you're saying as if it's truth, but I'm going to hear you out. And sometimes your thoughts are like, Oh, like I need you to do this thing. I want you to do this thing. And it's like, okay, well, I don't really want to do this thing, Billy, but what I will do is this. It comes to an agreement with the anxious thoughts, meet your thoughts halfway rather than trying to quell them or block them or suppress them. I feel like dancing with the thoughts playing with them as if they are a child, not taking them super seriously is what I do when my mind gets like 
wonky. Now, when I forget to do that, it feels real heavy and it's really intense. And then I'll usually <laughs> spin like that for a couple days. And then I'm like, this intensity is so exhausting. I don't want to feel like this anymore. And then I'll remember like, hey, it's because you're taking your thoughts way too seriously. What if you laughed at them? What if you joked with them? What if you heard them out like a little baby and then let them, you know, do their thing and then move on? That is my recommendation for that question. The next one is... Doo -doo -doo -doo. Okay, so it's, it's kind of similar to the last question. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, who knows? Okay, the question is, how can we use seemingly negative situations, visit at the hospital, car broken down, death, pain, loss, to positively transform, create abundance, or grow in power. Basically, what to do when shit happens. So when shit happens, first thing is to not take like the blame for it or act like, well, something in my vibration caused harm. Like because of where my mind stand was or like where my emotions were at, I caused myself harm because this just increases the amount of shame and pain that you're experiencing. You're like literally making yourself feel way worse than necessary if you're blaming yourself for the things that are going on. What I do recommend is asking again to like meet yourself halfway. How can I view this event as neutral? I do not rec <laughs> My dog's hearing things. Um, she's also started seeing things lately. Like she's really looking up and like, I'm like, what are you looking at? Anyway, so instead of trying to like immediately when the event happens, I don't recommend you try to do something about the shit that's happening, trying to like fix it right away or change it or pivot it, allow it to happen without blame or shame experience that moment experience your pain in that moment without judgment if you can and and i know that like seeing things without judgment it sounds easy when i say it but that's because it actually does become easy if you don't not dealing with the painful situation viewing the painful situation without judgment becomes easy when you stop judging things around you and so if there are ways for you to experience an event let yourself feel the pain and then remove the judgment from that event that helps to bring the event that happened back to neutral and usually from neutral things just shift to the other side and so aim for neutrality is what i highly recommend for painful situations trying to like see the positive immediately is kind of insane for some people like some people cannot do that i don't think that i'm very good at doing that i have to go to neutral first and then naturally just kind of shift and transform from that non-judgment place yep okay next question i've started looking into my motivation which is innocence and it makes a lot of sense but when i see other people talk about manifesting shit and i know that i've tried that and it generally ends badly and yet you talk about having the same motivation and you seem to go after things that you desire with timeline jumping etc so i so like i guess my two questions are how do you manage or deal with desire as an instance motivated person and how do you get what you desire and move forward in life okay so first thing i will say is are you some form of generator being because if you're a generator being and trying to go after the things that you desire that's probably why it's not working out that's the first thing i would say innocence motivation has to do with 
the general. It has to do with like widespread things. So the innocence motivation means that you are someone who is not designed to have desires for like humanity necessarily. So innocence motivation, it doesn't mean like you don't want the world to be better. I feel like it's just natural for people to want the world to be better, but it's actually not super like natural for you to always be wanting to be the lead in changing society society or changing the world. The innocence motivation is not like this leadership hero protagonist type vibe the innocence motivation is someone who's able to recognize the perfection of the reality that we're living in now and see these things in this world as divine and from it's it's having no agenda for humanity which for me the way that i've realized this in my experience is like my whole confusion about the whole like ascension goal i don't some part of it doesn't just like sit with me because i'm like why are where are we going where are we ascending to like are, are we not there already i don't but i understand that like ascension is a thing that some beings are here to experience that sensation of or that feeling of for me trying to move humanity in a particular direction it's just not something that appeals to me it's not really part of my agenda i don't have one i'm just here to be alive and by me being alive i happen to help people it seems but i don't have a reason behind doing what i'm doing other than i don't want to be bored and yeah so that's the first thing Another thing that I would look at is your manifestation style. So I am a non-specific manifester in human design, which means that I manifest best from like general feelings around things rather than specific things. And so when it comes to creating my reality, I find that when I try to manifest specific things, it gets weird. So for instance, last time I timeline jumped, not, not the, last, the time before the last time I timeline jumped, I jumped into a timeline. I was, I was like, I want to be more visible. And I, that was a bit too specific for me. I don't know why that came up as a desire. I, it just, whatever it did. And so I timeline jumped into a timeline where I was more visible and I immediately went viral twice in a row and it was horrible. I hated it. I was like, oh, Okay, so I thought that I wanted to be visible, but that's not the feeling that I was going for. So for me, I just, I need to, I had to be careful with trying to timeline jump into specific timelines. So now when I'm timeline jumping, I timeline jump into like, what do I want to create next? What do I want to feel like next? What do I want to become more of? What part of myself do I want to expand or like lean more into? I've also reached a point, I've been privileged enough to reach a point where I don't really want that many things or like have that many desires other than wanting to like experience more of myself, if that makes any sense at all. So hopefully, I don't, this answer was many answers in one. Hopefully that was helpful. Specific manifestors listening, y'all need to get specific about your desires. They're already imprinted into you. Yep, okay. Do, 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 do. How often would you recommend using your timeline jumping meditation before coming back to it? Is it possible to use it too often, like a few times a week? I actually don't timeline jump that often i don't use it that much just because again there's like not a lot of things that i'm wanting out of life if i'm if there's a feeling that that i'm experiencing that like i'm not having the greatest time experiencing lately it's been boredom that's been that's been one that like, keeps popping up for me and i'm like i don't like being bored <laughs> and so I'm like, cool. So I want to jump into a timeline where I'm not bored as much. That was the last timeline jump that I did is I'm like, I want to have more fun. I want to jump into a timeline that's a bit more fun and exciting. 
and I, I needed to edit the word exciting out of there. So more fun. So I do it whenever I'm experiencing a feeling that I either want to create the opposite of, or if I have a feeling that I really like and I want to have more of it, then I'll timeline jump. But really, I don't do it that often. I probably timeline jump like once every few months or once a month or whatever. But it's, I feel like it all depends on what you are wanting, what feels good to you. Make sure that you're not doing it out of desperation. That is, and I, I wrote that on my, on the like, on the, on the page, the sales page, is it a sales page? Whatever. I wrote it down on the website to not timeline jump, to escape something or out of desperation. I also don't like do I don't like working one-on-one -on -one with desperate energy or escape energy just because I'm like you need to sit down that's <laughs> you need to sit down whenever you are trying to escape something or you're grasping and desperate sit the fuck down and the reason I say that is like I got this lesson in real time the other day where my partner was out of town and I was like Ooh, I want my partner to be back. I miss them around. And I was just real upset about it. And like, I went into this very desperate energy of like, why can't he just be back? And I don't even know why I was freaking out this much. I, I, it was very weird. I don't know what was going on. I think I, just need, I need to like learn a lesson really quick. But from that desperation energy, I like immediately knock down this vase. It broke everywhere. I start to pick up the large pieces of glass. I immediately get a splinter and I'm like, okay. I vacuum the glass. My hair gets stuck in the vacuum and <laughs> it felt like I banged my head against the wall. Like my hair got yanked so hard. And I was like, ooh, this desperate ass energy, this grasping energy. I literally told myself, like, you need to sit down. Like stay still. You keep trying to fix things and make yourself feel better. Just sit the fuck down. And I was like, okay cool cool and so I find that like if people are jumping a lot I, I do recommend like maybe breathing calm down a little bit ask yourself why you're jumping so much give it some time to let things like pop into your reality and settle your spirit because you know next thing you know you could break a vase and then well I don't want to like fear monger because I'm not with that but and also like life teaches me lessons in really annoying ways sometimes because I'm hard headed. So yeah, just do it when it intuitively feels right. And when you're able to do it, not from a place of grasping or desperation is my recommendation. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Oh, another question about motivation. Okay, really quick. I'm just going to explain motivation in human design. There's six motivations. They, they go from color one to color six and they are all about... They're all about your like unconscious motivation for why you're doing what you're doing. Motivation in human design is not something, and I, I see people trying to like, like mess with or manipulate the motivation in human design. And it's, you go into your transference sometimes. Like it's just a thing that happens. It, your, your motivation is natural to you. It's, it's here to be accepted and not forced. So like, let's say you are an innocence motivation and you are feeling real activisty and you're trying to change the world and you're like, whoa, 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 this is not my motivation. I'm not supposed to be an activist. I'm not like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't try to force yourself to not be in your transference. Your transference happens sometimes. And maybe sometimes it needed to happen 
happen in that moment. But under, the, 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 the motivation is here to be accepted. You're not trying to force your, force your way out of transferred motivation. It just feels really weird to be in your transferred motivation, but it will happen. It, everything is on a spectrum. All of your human design gates are on a spectrum. So you're going to experience the shadow of those, of those gates or I don't know if I want to call it shadow. I feel like I have a qualm with the word shadow being used the way that it is. And I need to figure that out. But you might be experiencing that the gate in its like not highest potential and somewhere else on the spectrum. And that just happens sometimes. And not judging yourself for when you're experiencing the energy in a place that isn't its highest is the name of the game. I feel like this episode is kind of in shambles also in a mess. And I, I'm going to blame Mercury retrograde, even though my natal Mercury is in retrograde, which is why I'm convinced that I suck at talking sometimes. That was a pointless tangent. Back to the questions. Anyway. Jesus Christ, what does that say? Oh, do you have guidance on how to work with your shadow self? I've been moved to work with very challenging emotions with my shadow. I researched help to guide me in this matter. I find a lot of helpful information explaining what the shadow self is and how it comes to be. But when it gets to healing the shadow self, it's is just said to identify the feelings and integrate them. How is that done? How do we integrate? I'm not attached to this integration notion. So if you have a totally different perspective that does not involve this integration idea, I'm so open to hearing that. Thanks for your help. Okay, so it's funny that I, I forgot about this shadow question. And it's funny that I just brought up the fact that like the word shadow, the way that it's used feels wonky. But I feel like the energy of the word shadow here is used differently because to me, shadow isn't like the negative side of something. Shadow is just the the hidden side you put it in a dark room or something maybe but i did an exercise recently with a group that i the name of it is slipping my mind at the moment but they said something about shadow involving shame and i was like oh okay so like the things that we are trying to hide the things that we're ashamed of the things that we think are bad that is what i think people are referring to as the shadow self and i, I just i if i i feel like if we could say what things are that would be better like instead of calling things shadow self like what are you ashamed of what is like i would say that if if that's what we're meaning maybe that's just semantics whatever so integrating the parts of yourself that you are ashamed of is how I'm going to summarize this question to integrate things. All that is necessary is observation without judgment. When you observe things without judgment, it gets integrated. That's it. That's it. And judgment is when you put a label on something, you put a word on something. Judgment is not good or bad, which is, you know, another thing that I'll talk about one day. But judgment is when you start to define things based off of your conditioning. So I don't think that we can ever truly get rid of judgment fully, but observing something with less judgment is maybe a better way to say that. So let's say you are experiencing I'll talk about a personal one for me. Sexual shame was something that I experienced a lot growing up. And at some point, the the first time that I had sex, it was very 
freeing for me because like I came from a very devout Christian household and having sex, I was like, whoa, hold on. I didn't get like electrocuted or like like lightning did not come and strike me down. Maybe I'm not a demon for having sex. And so then I started to look at my other sexual tendencies that I would hide and that I used to feel like disgusted by or ashamed by. Um, And I started looking at them a little bit differently. And it's like, well, maybe all that shame that I felt towards sex wasn't the truth. Like maybe the fact that, you know, masturbation is a thing that I would do when I was younger. And I would do that, and then like I would say, like, oh my God, I'm a terrible person, I'm a bad Christian, I, I'm dirty, and I'm gross, and and like I was, I would, I would look at masturbation in particular. Maybe you should put like a trigger warning on me just starting to talk about this, but whatever. I would look at that and then reframe it and be like, wait, so maybe these things aren't gross or shameful. Like maybe this is a natural human thing to do like maybe maybe this is just me being a human and so looking at the parts of yourself that you think need to be hidden or punished and saying like maybe this is just part of being a human and another way to help integrate that and not judge yourself as much for certain things you're hiding is to look at other people who are who have like exposed those parts of themselves and like ask yourself like, well, am I judging them as harshly as I'm judging myself? And that might help you to look at it differently and integrate that. And yeah, to me, integration is looking at things with less judgment, perceiving things from many angles without the, the glasses of as many layers of conditioning on. Hopefully that answer made sense. I am blaming the hot mess that is this recording on Mercury Mercury Retrograde. I'm sorry, y'all. I hope this podcast episode is helpful. I feel like I had another question somewhere. One day I will sort out my confusion about the word, the technical word, shadow. Maybe I'll Google what that actually means. I try not to Google things because I'm like, people just define stuff. And like, who's to say that this word even means what they're saying it means, which is a whole mess in itself. But I might look that up. Oh, I also think that because of how scorpionic I am, I think I maybe might just always be doing shadow work without knowing that I'm doing shadow work is what I think is a possibility. Maybe. But I also think it's interesting that like we've come up with these phrases for things like shadow work. I don't, I'm just talking. I love you, goodbye. (laughs) Okay, wait, I'm actually just gonna go off on myself real quick because I believe that I chose my chart before I incarnated. And I just wanna ask myself, Why would you give me all these damn Mercury placements, all this third house energy, and then not give me the available, the ability, availability? Wow. The ability to talk like a person. How are you going to tell me it's my job to talk and then not give me the ability to talk? Like, what the hell? That doesn't, that makes no sense. Maybe it's so that people don't take me too seriously. Maybe that's what it is. Because I also don't like being taken too seriously. 
who knows okay now i'm done i love you bye oh my god i'm not done uh someone asked it wasn't uh, a question that was submitted but i talked about on my stories a trigger that i recently went through and someone asked me to explain how i go through my triggers and for me this last time i'll just speak on the experience that i just had one of the things and you've probably heard me talk about it before but like most of the time when people are perceiving me in a way that I'm misunderstood, it's like, well, whatever, don't really care, unless they are perceiving me as evil and cold and villain-like. So I recently had someone, like, I don't know, they, they think I'm some sort of demon or something. I don't, I don't really understand. They said I'm like this false light person. I genuinely, I'm like, what, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. But it really, like... It, it felt so triggering for me. So I timeline jumped recently, forgot I timeline jumped because I'm, I didn't, it was that last timeline jump that I junk, jump that I talked about earlier where I was embodying more fun in my life. Anyway, so the trigger that came up was one of my biggest ones. And so the way that I moved through it is that I let myself be bothered. <laughs> I let the trigger exist. I was like, ah, someone thinks I'm evil. Someone thinks I'm dark. And I was like, am I dark? Am I evil? And so like, I just let all of that like sensation, all of the pain and the hurt and the anxiety from that, I guess, reflect, not reflection, is that, that projection, I just let it hit me, and then I approached it from the version of myself that I'm looking to embody more of, so the, the timeline that I just jumped on is a person who is having more fun, someone who is experiencing even more levity in life, and so I'm like, okay, so the version of me who is having more fun and experiencing even more levity how would they approach this? Because you're that version of yourself now, right? And then I was like, yes, I am that version of myself. After, of course, I didn't try to do this while I wasn't ready. Like, I let myself feel all of that trigger. And then I asked myself, like, okay, who are we playing the game as? The one who feels light, yes? And so after I embodied the version of myself who experiences life with this levity and is okay with like not being perceived as perfect and all this other stuff it, like it felt like love just it's still I'm still feeling it it feels like love just poured through my body it's like a river and like it's so warm and I, I feel like it just healed I don't know and I'm like I wish I had better words I said on my stories I'm like I'll have more words for it on my podcast I'm hopefully hope honestly the thing is embody that next timeline and then the trigger will be resolved let the trigger be a trigger and then handle the trigger as your new self what would your new self say to you about that trigger and then listen for it and it's going to be different for everyone but that will allow you to anchor yourself even further into that new timeline that you've jumped on but yeah and i'm so grateful for the experience because i'm able to relate to people who have been timeline jumping with my offers a bit more who just because i don't jump that often i i sometimes like forget the fact that <laughs> the triggers come up and i was like wow like it really does come up and you really can anchor in that new timeline by dealing with the trigger accordingly. So it's just a really great time for me to, I guess, like further believe in my own work, which is just so exciting for me. 
and hopefully exciting for y'all. But yeah, that's all. Okay. This is a really long one, like a long solo episode. Good job, self. Ooh, it's 3.33. Great time to end. Love you all. Bye. Bye.